Welcome in to another great edition of That Sports Show. This is our Impact Media weekly all-sports show where we talk NFL, we talk Atlanta United, Georgia State football, um, pretty much anything that's not combat sports or hockey could be covered on this show depending on the season. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. Another great week. All across the sports world, uh, mostly really good things that happen. A couple things, not so much, but we'll get into those, right? We'll get into those. And, uh, but I uh, pretty much told you a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight. I am going to start it off talking some NFL, as we should, right? NFL. The big cash cow in the sports world. It's the most popular in this country. We could get into that debate of, of uh, worldly things, but uh, it's the big, it's the big, the big dog, you know. And right out of the gate, let's just start with John Gruden. Let's get this out of the way. Uh, I want to say John Gruden is is. Uh, has been one of my favorite coaches. What he does on field, uh, I think, is uh, fantastic. But as we learn with a lot of our favorite sports personalities, everybody's got skeletons, and his were uh, not only uh, in the clo- you know found in the closet. They, they, I guess there should be a better term for that. Let me not. Let me rephrase. The skeletons. And John Gruden's past are dancing on the living room rug. They uh, they found some emails that while he was at ESPN, he sent to Bruce Allen at the time, a part of the Washington Football Club front office. And this is how this all started. There's like 650,000 emails. And of all the things they're looking for that's going on in uh, the Washington football team organization, they find emails from Gruden. And I'll get back to that point in a minute. But they find them from Gruden. They say some really bad things. Uh, he, It doesn't matter if he was joking or not. I, it doesn't matter. He said them. They're in public record. I don't know if he knew what email how email works, because when you put it there, it becomes public record. It can be used against you at any at any time. It can be called into court. I didn't need to go this far for this. He says really, really bad things. He has come out and apologized. He has resigned as the Raiders head coach. My guess is that owner Mark Davis... 
because the NFL had leaked some of these. Well, somebody had leaked some of these. The NFL says it wasn't them. Another personal NFL, I don't believe you. Whoever ordered the code red on Gruden, got it. Target acquired and eliminated. Uh, and while I agree that this sort of stuff and these things should should not be in the great game of football, kind of interesting that the first victim of, of uh, the, the Washington football team probe, all the things that, that are going to be investigated about them is from somebody who was not even a part of the organization. Now, his brother was a head coach there, but that had nothing to do with these emails. But from what we heard, or from what I heard, when whoever leaked these, find NFL if you want to hide behind it, was it you, it was fine. They sent the first, uh, the first torpedo, so to say. And the Raiders said, okay, we'll look into it. We'll, we'll talk to, uh, to Gruden, see what's going on. Whoever leaked and didn't like that, they sent a second torpedo. Pretty sure that one worked. Because by the time the second or third, I can't remember how many exactly actually came out, a string of these emails were leaked in a, I believe, New York Times and Washington Post article. By the time they became public, from what I heard, Mark Davis uh, went to the facility, he went to talk to John Gruden, and it was not that much longer later that Gruden resigned. I'm sure at that point Mark Davis said, do you want to resign on your own terms, or do you want me to fire you? I believe Mark Davis is a class guy, and he gave Gruden that out. And uh, Gruden said, you know what, let's go out respectfully. Um, and, uh, and that is the best thing. He said he didn't want to be a distraction to the team. Well, he already somewhat sort of has been. But he's less of one now that he's gone. We'll see how they rebound this week with uh, Rich uh, Basakia. Or Rich Basaka, I think is how you say his name, is the uh, interim coach. He was the assistant coach, I believe, at that time. He's always wanted to be a head coach. Probably didn't want to be under these terms. But, hey, Rich, here's your shot. And... First thing I would do as the head coach there is I would go in that locker room and make sure everybody's on the same page. Carl Nassib, the first openly gay football player who plays for the Raiders, took a personal day to reflect because it's not just to reflect and, and to gather himself. He knows. The first questions out of a reporter's mouth from, from uh, for a little while are going to be about this to him. So, He's got to get together with his team and figure out what, uh, how they're going to handle it. Uh, the Buccaneers have removed John Gruden from their ring of honor. That's understandable. Uh, these emails were from about seven years ago, by the way. So it doesn't matter. It, that is, it's wrong. It was wrong then. It's wrong now. Uh, the other question that people have had is what about Deuce Gruden? who I believe is 
like a head strength and conditioning coach or, or he's in that department or something for the Raiders. He's still with the team. Uh, what his father did or did not do, which we have evidence, what his father did is not a reflection on, on Deuce. He, I'm sure he doesn't share the same views. So just some things to look at there. The thing I, I Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk brought this up, and it was the first thought I had as well. If we see these emails that Gruden was a part of, where are the rest of them? Why do we just leak these? That's why it seems like somebody had a, I mean, it's like a burned spy thing, except for usually burned spies get burned for no reason. John Gruden just got burned out of the NFL for some pretty good reasons. And where are the rest of these? The 65,000 or 650,000, I don't care if there's six more, if there's two more. If, if there's half an email, if there's uh, a, a, a memo across Instagram, it doesn't matter. Where are the rest of these? And right before we came on here, there was an ESPN alert or whatever that, uh, that came up that I saw that says, let me just tell you how ridiculous this sounds, by the way. Here it is. This was uh, about an hour ago. Quote, this just in, NFL found no other emails containing racist, anti-gay, misogynistic language similar to those written by John Gruden. I say bull crap. I'm sure there are other damaging emails in there. They just do not want to currently go after somebody else. And that's fine. Hey, you got your wish. He's out. He's out. The thing is, is the way this normally goes is this will blow over in three or four years. People will uh, maybe will slip their mind of what happened. And uh, more than likely, John Gruden would probably at least have some sort of media outlet or show. That's what's probably going to happen. But like I said, my thing is, is where are the rest of these... Because um, this all started because some former cheerleaders and part of the dance squad, I believe, there was a handful of incidents and times they were there about uh, sexual harassment and things like that. This is where this whole thing started. There's still a case where lawyers represent these people from the organization who are coming back at the organization about it and... We don't know how that's going to go. Apparently, there there's, there was a toxic culture there. We're going to have to do some stuff about that. And we should be seeing that. That should be the next phase. I don't know why this was the first phase, but, you know, keep this in mind. For everybody that says, well, they didn't find anything, they should just move on. No, that's, that's not how that works. They didn't find, or they say there's nothing else similar to what Gruden did has nothing to do with what's going on in the organization. The owner, Dan Snyder, remember, reluctantly stepped away from the team. What, a couple months ago? And I believe his wife took over duties. So there's a reason why Dan Snyder is not a part of the everyday operations. Either he knows something or... The NFL said, hey, this would be a good idea until we figure stuff out. Or they could say, hey, we've got the evidence here that we need. 
why don't you take a step back? This is all... This is all just... Uh, it's not out in the open yet. We're just really getting into it. This is, you know, level 1, level 1.5. It, it, I mean, it could go 8, 10, 12 rounds. Who knows? But Gruden out is a Raiders head coach. He's out of the Buccaneers Ring of Honor. Rich Bisacchio and uh, is the new head coach. And uh, his son, Deuce Gruden, still part of the team. Uh, moving on. I'm going to talk about that during one of the picks of the games that I'm going to get to here in a second. So I'm going to get to Trey Lance has a knee sprain. Jimmy Garoppolo has a calf bruise, strain, sprain, something. So who would play quarterback? Well, the 49ers do not have to answer that question this week. Why? Because they're on a bye week. This is the most opportune bye week they could have. From the way it looks and the things I'm hearing, Trey Lance could miss uh, at least the next game, possibly. Depends on how things go. But more than likely, Jimmy Garoppolo would be back in as starter. The whole reason to draft Trey Lance was because Jimmy G gets hurt all the time. And Jimmy G gets hurt, so you put in Trey Lance. And then Trey Lance gets hurt, and now you're going to put Jimmy G back in. At this point, you need to hang on to both of them. Not just uh, till the end of the year or things like that. No. You need to do everything you can to keep two healthy, able starters. So, 49ers, you got a, you got a problem. Like I said, the, the solution to me is you got to keep both these guys. Trey Lance showed some, some pretty good promise. I don't think he's 100% ready ability-wise to... Yep, Florio just said the same thing I did. He just put it out. If the NFL claims that the Washington football team email trove has nothing else that compels John Gruden-style action, then why not release them all so we can confirm it? I'm with you, Mike. I'm with you. But back to the 49ers, here's the best thing to do. Like I said, you want to do something after the season, I guess it's on you. But I, I would 100% hang on to both guys unless you think the season is lost. And given that you know Seattle is going to be in an influx, they're either going to be up or down, and you're going to know pretty quickly with the Russell Wilson news that came out. Uh, if you think you still got to run at this, you got to keep them both. Uh, the Bengals-Packers game was uh, pretty interesting. It was entertaining from a chaos standpoint. Uh, the game ended after five Missed field goals between the fourth quarter and overtime. Finally, the sixth field goal between the two kickers, by this one by Mason Crosby, who missed three of those five before. Uh, Mason puts one in for the win there. Um, you know, Burrow. Somebody said he looks like he looks like what Tony Romo, what we thought Tony Romo would be. Okay. I can see that. Hey, saying Joe Burrow is Tony Romo, I'll take it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers doing a fantastic job. 
Um, it just kickers are having a rough go of it. Uh, Jamar Chase by far is is a star in this league already. And uh, I think if these two teams lined up and played again, I think uh, the Bengals would probably win it. But not on this stuff. Green Bay ended up winning that one. In fact, we had five missed field goals at the end. Now, one of them was like a 55, 56-yarder. I get it. That's, that's insanely hard. I'm not saying kicking is easy. It's not. Come on, guys. You guys are professionals. And I believe you both kept your jobs. That's, I'm here to tell you, if I fail three or four times in a row, I'm probably looking for other employment. Probably most of you guys are as well. You probably fail a couple times. It may be that way. It's just, uh, just crazy how it works. NFL kickers and weather men and women makes no sense. Uh, the Dolphins, as we've talked about before, they they've got a problem. They've got a real problem. They've got a couple problems. Uh, Tua should be, I believe, back this week. That's fine. Jacoby Brissett's been doing okay. Um, at this point, you might as well roll with Tua and just see what's going to happen because the owner, Stephen Ross, who lives in New York, makes no sense why he would own a team in Miami and not be in Miami. But what do I know? He's the one pining for Deshaun Watson. Well, Stephen Ross, you are the owner of the team. If the other people on the team don't agree with you, that doesn't matter. You get with the GM and you say, hey, I'm the owner. We're going to trade for this guy and it's going to be a good, fair trade. Or I'll fire you and hire somebody that will. And I hate to cost people jobs like that. Speaking from as myself now. But you're the owner. You can't tell me that if Arthur Blank doesn't go to uh, Arthur Smith or, or God, I forgot the GM's name, says, hey, I think, you know, I think, uh, here's a trade that will never happen. I think Rob Gronkowski would be a great addition to this team. I really want Gronk. I really want Gronk. And we should trade for him now. If he makes an okay case, plus if he just makes a case in general, they go, hey, you're Arthur Blank. You're the you're the owner of the Atlanta Falcons. We are employees of you. We don't necessarily see where he fits in here, but if, you know, we'll plead our case, and if you still want him that bad, okay, we'll trade for him because you're the boss. So I understand you don't want to call to a failure. I don't know that he is. I also don't know if he's the better target by Lowell quarterback at this point. His brother did pretty good against Ohio State, even though they got trounced. Uh, he did pretty good. Maryland had no business in that game. Uh, but two is not a waste. What you need to do, though, here's what I would do. I, I think, I'm not going to say this season's lost. You, there's still wins on the board. And there's still outside possibilities of making of making some sort of playoff push. The, the option's there. The chance is there. So here's what you do. You play Tua. 
and you feature Tua, and you try to build up Tua the best you can. <coughs> you do your best to really showcase him. Kind of in the way the Falcons and Matt Ryan are doing. Matt Ryan's auditioning for his next team. He's doing a dang good job of it, and he's helping his franchise because it's going to allow them to get a great return for him and for him to go to a solid place. That's what they need to do with him. You run him out there. Uh, you try to feature him, show people what he's worth. You know, look at Mariota, Marcus Mariota. A lot of people said he, he wasn't the world's best starter in Tennessee. Well, maybe he didn't have the right coaches around him, the right people to make him successful. There's no knock on them or him. It looks like he's had a resurgence with the Raiders. He looks pretty good. He just returned from IR now, but he looks pretty good. So there's a chance to it, or fans of Tua. Go out there, do your best. You could be auditioning for your for your new team next year. There are going to be teams that are going to be looking for a quarterback. The style Tua plays is something people are going to look for. We know, you know, Pittsburgh is going to probably need a quarterback. Seattle probably going to need a quarterback. Uh, at this point, the 49ers may need a quarterback. There are going to be teams looking for quarterbacks. So Dolphins, Tua, enjoy your game in London. It's one of the games I picked. We're going to talk about it here in a minute. It's one of my picked games. Uh, here's what you do. You, you do the best with Tua until you can make a move for Watson. And then you try to do your best to find Tua a new home where he can succeed, and it helps you as well. Because you still need pieces beyond that. Watson's not to be all end all. He's going to help a lot because he's already established and most of the kinks are worked out. But, I mean, if you're ready to give up on two already, that's what you got to do. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks have placed Chris Carson, running back, fantasy stud, and Russell Wilson on the IR. It's going to be about three or four weeks for Carson. It's going to be at least 10 weeks for Wilson. This is why I say 49ers, if you still think you want to make a go of it, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, Seattle, you turn, you're turning it over, you turn the ship to to Geno Smith. Geno looked uh, okay the other day. Uh, I'm sure with a full practice that he'll be able to do a lot better, but you're kind of an influx too. Do you start uh, shipping off pieces knowing that a rebuild is on its way and you'll probably end up with a new coach? I think Pete Carroll could be done if that starts. And also, if you're going to do that, do you want to start Geno Smith? Geno's going to try to win games. He's not going to go out there and try to lose or anything. He's going to win, try to win games. Tino Smith's a competitor. Or 
do you try to package everything together, make a, a move or so, try to add another piece, and make a run at it. We're going to have to see where they go. They uh, forgot who they played this week, I think. Is it them and the Steelers for Sunday Night Football, I think? Gosh. What, what, uh, that's definitely the, the team, the crossroads teams, two teams at a crossroads. Pittsburgh looked good here recently, but how long is Big Ben going to hold up? And then without Russell Wilson, what's Seattle with no defense? That's, that's going to be an interesting game just for that reason. So we'll see what they do. But, uh, Carson and Wilson are going to be out for at least three weeks and 10 weeks between them. We'll see what Seattle does. As of this morning, Zach Ertz has been traded to the Arizona Cardinals for a fifth-round pick in next year's draft. And cornerback Tay Gowan, that is what the Philadelphia Eagles will get. Yes, Zach Ertz just played last night. Yes, I believe he's allowed to play this week. And I'm sure he might in a limited capacity. Uh, Ertz knew the uh, potential move could happen today. He said he chose to play last night anyway. And this is Arizona, who doesn't use their tight end quite a bit. Maybe they're going to now. This could be a big move. This is the only undefeated team still in the league. And I've got uh, a little bit of an update on them as well. Uh, their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, the quarterback coach, Cam Turner, and defensive tackle, Zach Allen, are all going to be out versus the Browns this Sunday for testing positive for the virus. Well, it's going to change things up a little bit. That's that's one of the it's one of the games uh, I'm picking. But uh, Zach Ertz, they're going to owe him a contract after this year if if uh, they keep him. Or he's going to be a free agent, and he's going to be able to hit the market. And maybe he is this missing piece. Because the Cowboys probably have the best offense in the league. They're just almost almost unstoppable. They do about whatever they want to do. You shut down the run, they pass. You shut down the pass, they run. Maybe Arizona thinks Zach Ertz is that missing piece down there. And maybe he is. So we'll see how that goes. That was an interesting trade to come out of nowhere. It will be interesting to see what Arizona does uh, versus Cleveland later this week, which we will talk about in a few short minutes. Uh, Buccaneers over the Eagles last night, 28-22. to I'll give it to them. Buccaneers completely ran over Philly for two quarters. And then Philly had a pretty good second half and were on their way to potentially uh, a stop of the Buccaneers. But a taunting penalty from Philadelphia squashed their late push. And uh, Brady to A.B. Is, is the new big tandem. So congratulations to Bucks on that. Now let's talk about my picks. My picks from last week, let's start with college. I said to take Penn State over Iowa. Well, Iowa won that one 23-20. to 20. Miss that one. Told you to take USC over Utah. That was a terrible pick for me. 
42-26, Utah actually won there. So 0-2 at that point. But, told you to take UGA over Auburn, 34-10. I believe that's a win. Told you to take Ole Miss over Arkansas, about 52-51. to Great game. And I told you to take Oklahoma over Texas, 55-48. to That was a fantastic game, by the way. 0-3-2 on the week there. Talk about the pro picks. Told you to take the Jets over the Falcons in London. 27-20, just missed that one. Told you to take Cincinnati over Green Bay. We talked about that game. Unfortunately, 25-22 in overtime. I missed that one. But I made up for it. Told you to take Buffalo over Kansas City. 38-20 for win number one. Win number two, take the Chargers over the Browns, 47-42. That was a really good game. Justin Herbert, possibly the most dynamic thrower in the game right now. I told you to take... The Saints over the Washington football team, 33-22 on that one. Hey, it went 3-2. and two. Hopefully these picks are helping you guys. If they're not, maybe they're just entertaining. They're entertaining me. Now, this week, I'm going to live pick these. I've already picked pro games. I have not picked, or I've, I've chosen the games. I haven't made my actual pick. Let's save that one because that's the one that's going to get me the most backlash. We got Hawaii. At Nevada, that is a 10:30 CBS Sports Network game. Um, give me Hawaii. Are they the Warriors now? Give me the Warriors there. Give me Hawaii in that game there. Army at Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's like a 14-point favorite. That's disrespectful. This Army team's good. Wisconsin's pretty good. That's a Big Ten Network 8 p.m. game. I'm gonna say, give me Army. Give me the. Give me the Knights. Um, and make sure you support the military. You know, they're doing a great job. They're out there putting their their livelihoods on the line just to keep us safe. So shout out to all the military out there and military families. After their big loss versus Texas A&M last week where uh, – Gosh, I just forgot the coach, but he said he was going to beat Bama, and he did. Well, Bama this week is going to travel to Mississippi State to take on Lane Kiffin. Could we see back-to-back Bama losses? If you ask me, go Mississippi State. Got family down there, too. Shout out to them. Uh, BYU is at Baylor. It's a 3.30 game. Oh, the uh, Bama-Mississippi State is ESPN at 7. This is ESPN at 3.30, the game right before it. BYU at Baylor. I'll tell you right now. BYU's good, but I like the Baylor Bears. They have really surprised some people this year after almost losing the entire program a couple years ago because of scandal. Take the Baylor Bears and the game that will get me the most Probably emails, comments, everything. Kentucky, number 11, is at number one UGA. That is a CBS 330 game. Really like UGA, especially their defense. Their offense is okay. 
That is what worries me. Nets surely looked good last week against Auburn. They've looked good all year against big-time opponents. Give me the Kentucky Wildcats. I think at some point UGA is going to have a loss this year. I think it's going to be right now. Give me Kentucky in that one. So, to recap, give me Hawaii over Nevada. Give me Army over Wisconsin. Mississippi State over Bama. Baylor over BYU. And Kentucky on the road between the hedges over UGA. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, pro games. Miami at Jacksonville. This game is actually in London, which is kind of like the home away from home for Jacksonville anyway. I just I don't like the inconsistencies that Miami is has right now. And at some point, Jacksonville is going to luck up and get a win. They're not going to go winless. It's really, really hard to go 0-16. It's even harder to go 0-17. It really is. You just accidentally luck into something. And I think... There's probably, I'm not going to say happy, there, there was happy as far as what actually happened, but uh, Urban Meyer very much appreciated that John Gruden had a bigger scandal than he did so that we stopped talking about Urban Meyer's <laughs> uh, escapades. I think uh, he rallies troops. I think they go over to London, and I think the Jacksonville Jaguars get win number one against the Dolphins. Um, Kansas City at the Washington football team. I thought the Washington football team, when they started this year, were good enough to win their division. Now, I'm not sure they could win another division. They, they seem to have issues. It had a lot to do with Fitzpatrick going down. Heineke's not bad. He's able to move the ball. And uh, in a way, Kansas City and Tampa Bay have similar defenses. The only difference is that Tampa Bay's defense has a front seven that will just eat you alive. But you can, you can burn them in the defensive backs. Well, I think Kansas City is the same way, except for they don't have much of a pass rush. So give me the Washington football team at home over the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe the Chiefs will go to 2-4 and four at this point, and Washington will go to 3-3. Three and three. It just tells you where the Chiefs are at right now. They went for broke on building that offense. Defense has faltered. There's been some injuries, and it just hasn't recovered. And that's how easily you can lose that. Lose the momentum. Window close. I don't think it's necessarily closed yet. It's getting there. Green Bay at Chicago. Shout out Chicago. I have some uh, in-laws that are up there and some other ones that have traveled up there to see them. Hope you guys all have a uh, good weekend up there and everything. And uh, for that reason and a couple more, give me the Chicago Bears at home. Justin Fields is, is looked decent. He's going to come along pretty good. That Chicago defense, I think it's going to give Aaron Rodgers fits. I think they're going to shut down uh, a couple of the weapons on offense there, and it's going to be a nail-biter. It might be 24-21, or Costner comes down to kickers again. I don't know what Green Bay is going to do. But give me Chicago Bears in that one. L.A. Chargers at Baltimore. As good as the Chargers have been, as high-powered explosive as their offense is, they're like a five- or six-point dog in this last time I saw, I believe. It's almost disrespectful. Last I saw, it could have changed since then. Uh, but either way, Lamar Jackson doing some really good things. Baltimore's defense making some good plays. 
this this team reminds me a lot of the early Flacco years, except for they have a quarterback that moves. But Justin Herbert, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's got one of the best arms. He's dynamic. He's explosive. Their defense has really been doing some things here, and uh, Brandon Staley may get coach of the year if they continue this pace. Give me the Chargers over Baltimore. Arizona at Cleveland. Arizona, the only unbeaten team. Cleveland, a team we thought would be unbeaten. Baker Mayfield doing some good things. Uh, he still makes a couple mistakes here and there. On the flip side, Kyler Murray, is, is he has his faults as well. They just added Zach Ertz, but they're not. They're going to be missing two coaches and a defensive tackle. I had already picked this game long before I, I knew that news, but give me Cleveland to end the unbeaten streak, and we won't have any more uh, undefeated teams in the league after this week. I've got Cleveland. So to recap, Jacksonville gets their first win in London versus Miami. Take Washington football team over Kansas City, who continues to fall apart. Uh, take Chicago at home over Green Bay, bear down. Take the Chargers over the Ravens. And take the Cleveland Browns at home over the Arizona Cardinals. There you go. Hopefully that entertains you guys. Or, hey, if you're uh, if you're in a place you're so inclined that you can make gentlemen's agreements or better on them, I hope they're working out for you. Uh, let's talk United real quick. Atlanta United, they, they will be in Toronto tomorrow night, ESPN+. Plus. All these games are ESPN+. Plus. Here's the remaining schedule. Tomorrow night, 7.30 versus Toronto. Then upcoming Wednesday at 7.30 versus New York City FC. Then the following Wednesday on the 27th, uh, both these games 7.30. They will host Miami. And in the season finale, regular season finale, they will host the same Toronto FC Saturday, day before Halloween, 6 p.m. This team rebounded. You guys know that. They, they started off slow, made a managerial change. They seemed to play better, had more energy, seemed to, to fix what was going on. And right now they sit in eighth, which is 39 points, as I said before. A lot of people go, well, I mean, how many do we need to get in it? Well, you only need to be in seventh place. The top seven teams will advance to the playoffs. Here's the difference. Eighth place is 39 points. Fourth place, which is Orlando, your rival, has 42 points. That's how tight everything is. So these last four games are critical. I would say if you want to all but ensure that you are going to be in the playoffs, you probably need to win at least three. If you win three of them, even if you lose the other one, if you go three and one, great. Which would be what nine points? I think that would really, really put you in a good spot. Um if you only win two of them, if you can get a uh, if you can get a tie point for one of them, that that would be good. A draw, two wins and a draw, I think is is a pretty good spot too, depending on what everybody else does. 
Um, and these are winnable games. These aren't like well, you're against uh, you're against a team you'll never beat. No, you could beat these teams. You beat them before. So we're just gonna have to see how this plays out. Uh, before next week's show, I'm hoping if next week's show is mid next week, they would have just played the one game. Hopefully, we won. But United, man, they're, you, you got to rally behind them. They are right there on the edge. If they make the playoffs, they are a team, just like we found out with the Braves. Congratulations to them, too. They're a t- Atlanta United is a team that people do not want to see in the playoffs because they are a scary good. They're a bad matchup for a lot of other teams, and they're going to wreck somebody's season even if, if they don't make it all the way in. But I think if they make it in, there's a chance they could make the final, and I'm all for it. So. Go United. You guys know we're behind you. We support you guys. And uh, good luck in Toronto tomorrow night for the big three-game homestand. Georgia State. Georgia State had the big win at Louisiana Monroe, 55-21. to Wow. When it's all going good, it looks great. It's defense swarming. They were on top of uh, Louisiana Monroe every chance they got. They couldn't get the run established. They were they were not letting Louisiana Monroe uh, get the ball more than a couple yards downfield. Uh, this defense, led by uh, Blake Carroll and uh, Vinzi All, shout out to him. He holds down the fort for the city of Dallas, my hometown. Appreciate that. Uh, they were just tackle monsters on top of everything that Louisiana Monroe was trying to do on. Offense, we had three sacks in the game. Uh, Clark, McCollum, and Crawford all had those. And I haven't even gotten into the reason we had 55 points. How about Darren Granger was 18 for 25 for 230 yards, four touchdowns. He was also 12 uh, rushes for 84 yards and a touchdown. He accounted for five touchdowns. As far as the other rush touchdowns, Tucker Gregg had one. Uh, Jameis Williams had one. And even Quad Brown had one. Congratulations to him on that. He still has a role in this team. There's a chance you can see both of them play in any given time. And that's what another whole dynamic for this team. But the stars of the day by far, Creedle had seven catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. And Aubrey Payne who was at the post-game press conference and by far one of the most entertaining people we've had in a while. Uh, Six catches, 58 yards, two touchdowns. He says he can't remember a time he's ever been in the end zone twice. So congratulations to him on that. Obviously, they're on the bye this week, as is uh, Douglas County High School, that I'm also a part of the uh, game day operations there. They are both on a bye, and it's like this. A lot of people are like, oh, it's a bye week. No, there's a way you can lose the bye. In high school, it's uh, you lose a, a player to an altercation or an injury or uh, ineligibility. Maybe he fails his math test. You hope not, but so far, everything I have heard, Douglas County, they're winning their bye. Same thing for Georgia State. There's, there's you know, no shenanigans. No big injuries, no issues. That's how you win the bye. You go out there, you get your practice in this week. You, you take it easy. You get some people back, you know, that are dinged up. You get them healed. You get them back in. 
That's how you win the buy. But it's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who make it so much fun to come on here and talk sports and do all these amazing things we do here at Impact Media. Well, this has been That Sports Show. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, deuces.